For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Book of Hebrews, Yeshua, Our Melchizedek Priest. This is part three of the series. The next thing that we're going to examine is what does Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood do for the believer? What does it accomplish for the believer? And Hebrews chapter 5, 6, and 7 highlights and states that Yeshua is our Melchizedek priest. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 10, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Yeshua made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21, at the end of the verse, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so what did Yeshua Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood do for the believer? Well, Yeshua purged our sins. Hebrews in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son when he had by himself purged our sins. That is because it's the blood of Yeshua that takes away our sin. Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 and 28. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We can see how it's the blood of Yeshua that takes away our sin from Romans chapter 3 verses 24 through 26. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believes in Yeshua. We can see how the blood of Yeshua takes away our sin in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, as it is written, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Revelation 
chapter 1, verse 5, it is written, And from Yeshua, Messiah, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. It is the blood of Yeshua that makes reconciliation between God and man. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it is written, That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 it is written, and having made peace through his blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be in earth or things in heaven. We are to follow Yeshua's Torah. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 it is written, wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the high priest of our profession Messiah Yeshua. Then in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, wherefore as the Holy Spirit says today if you will hear his voice. So we're to hear the voice, follow the voice of Yeshua our high priest. What does it mean to hear the voice of God? It means to follow his Torah. We can see this from Deuteronomy in chapter 30 verse 10 as it is written, and you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the Torah. Yeshua's sheep know his voice. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7. Wherefore as the Holy Spirit says today if you will hear his voice. In Psalm chapter 95 verse 7 it is written he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. Today if you will hear his voice. Yeshua said in John chapter 10 verse 11 I am the good shepherd and he said his sheep hear his voice and follow him. John chapter 10 verse 27. Disobedience to following Yeshua's Torah, hearing his voice, will not allow us to enter into his rest that he has for us, that he makes available to us. We see this from Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 verses 10 and 11 as it is written. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do err in their heart. How did they err in their heart? They had a stony heart. And because they erred in their heart, I swore in my wrath that they will not enter into my rest. And so literally the rest was being able to go into the promised land. And our promised land is fulfilling and doing the will of God in our lives. Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood enables us to rest in him. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 through 8. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And so the subject is hearing Yeshua's voice. That means following his Torah. Don't harden your heart to following him and following his Torah because ultimately Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 says that there remains a rest to the people of God. There remains a rest to the people of God that Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed in the heavens Yeshua the son of God let us hold fast to our profession and so if we hearken to his voice if we follow his Torah if we do not harden our hearts if we do not have stony hearts then he will bring us into his rest 
through his high priestly Melchizedek priesthood ministry. And Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood makes it possible to bring the believer into rest. And in doing so, he brings us to Mount Zion. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 and verse 10, it is written, By faith Abraham, for he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And then Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 and verse 22. You've not come unto the mount that might be touched and that was burned with fire. And what does it mean you've not come to the mount that might be touched and burned with fire? It means that through the new covenant, given that the new covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts, Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10, that through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then we should have soft hearts that we should not have hearts of stone like the children of Israel, but we should have a heart of flesh that will be submissive and will hear Yeshua's voice and be led by his spirit. And so Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18 says that in this process that you will not have a stony heart because Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood is to bring you into rest and bring you to Mount Zion. You've come into Mount Zion under the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So Mount Zion is the rest of God. Mount Zion is the promises of God being fulfilled in your life. Mount Zion is doing the will of God in your life. So our spiritual journey is to leave Egypt and our destination is to go into the promised land and to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion. And in our path from Egypt to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion, it goes through Mount Sinai. We can see the spiritual journey outlined for us in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 22 and 23 as it is written, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that is Egypt, which is a type of the world and the world system, that he might bring us into the land which he swore to our fathers. When he brings us into the land, he's going to give us rest. Mount Sinai is associated with the Torah written on tablets of stone or a stony heart. Exodus chapter 24 verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. I will give you tables of stone and a Torah and commandments which are written that you might teach them. Mount Zion is the Torah written upon a heart of flesh. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit Spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Mount Sinai is the Torah written by the finger of God. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. Mount Zion is the Torah written by the Spirit of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it is written. 
for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Messiah ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Mount Sinai is the letter of the Torah, and the letter of the Torah kills. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 26. Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this Torah to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. Mount Zion is the spirit of the Torah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Mount Sinai is associated with the stony heart. It's associated with the natural, with the carnal. It's associated with the earthly Jerusalem. In Exodus in chapter 19 verse 11 it is written, and be ready against the third day for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Then Paul explains as a spiritual allegory in Galatians chapter 4 verse 25 that Hagar, the wife of Abraham, represents spiritually Mount Sinai and the earthly Jerusalem. It answers to the Jerusalem which now is. Because Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, was born after the flesh. And this represents the Torah written upon a heart of stone in the, the earthly, the fleshly, the natural Jerusalem. Mount Zion represents the spirit and the heavenly Jerusalem. And that is why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18 says, you've not come under the mount that might be touched. That is Mount Sinai. Because you were not brought out of Egypt to come to Mount Sinai. That wasn't your final destination. Your final destination was the promised land, Jerusalem and Mount Zion. And so Mount Sinai was in the wilderness and in the wilderness was where the children of Israel went through trials, tribulations, and persecutions. And when you have a stony heart, then you will want to go back to Egypt like the children of Israel. But like Joshua and Caleb, it takes one that has another spirit, the one that is not influenced by their natural eyesight and their natural reasoning, which is the reason why the ten spies gave an evil report. But you have to have spiritual eyes and you go into God's promised land when you believe his covenant promises that he's made to you. And having spiritual eyes, being led by the Spirit, and believing his covenant promises despite what your natural circumstances say, that is Mount Zion. In Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood, through the new covenant, through the Torah, written upon our heart, being led by the Holy Spirit, now we can enter in to that rest which the God of Israel desires for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, but you come into Mount Zion, into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. And so Yeshua, in being led by the Spirit, in seeking to do the will of his father, he did not bring glory to himself. You see the earthly Jerusalem, the flesh, wants to bring glory to itself, but if 
you minister in the Spirit, you will seek to give glory to God and the glory to His kingdom, the glory to Yeshua, and you will not be seeking glory for yourself. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, verses 4 and 5, and verse 10, it is written, For every high priest, and no man takes this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Messiah glorified not himself to be made a high priest, being called of God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Yeshua gave glory to his father in doing the will of his father. John chapter 4 verse 34 it is written, Yeshua said to them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and complete or finish his work. John chapter 6 verse 38, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. John chapter 17 verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Abraham brought glory to the God of Israel. Romans chapter 4 verse 16 and verses 19 and 20 it is written, Abraham who is the father of us all and being not weak in faith, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God. Our lives are to be lived in such a way to bring glory to the God of Israel, to his kingdom, and to bear fruit for his kingdom. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 is written, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 it is written, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. We are told in Hebrews in chapter 6 verse 13 verses 16 and 17 that an oath sworn is a guarantee of a covenant promise being fulfilled. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. When God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. So how do we know that the covenant promises that God makes to us that he's going to keep his word and fulfill it because he's made that covenant and he's sworn by himself that he will do what he says. So the oath and covenant is backed by Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 18 through 20. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie that God made covenant and he swore by himself we might lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor to our soul, our will, our mind, and our emotions. And this hope is sure and steadfast, and it enters into that which is within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Yeshua, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Yeshua, the Melchizedek priesthood of Yeshua, was made to him with an oath of his father. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 20 and 21. Inasmuch as not without an oath 
he was made priest. For those priests, that's the Levitical priests, had the position without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, quoting from Psalm 110 verse 4, the Lord swore and will not repent that Yeshua is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And this is quoting Psalm 110 verse 4, the Lord is sworn and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So now in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 26, it goes on to say, for such a high priest became us. He is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. And so these are attributes that make Yeshua's high priestly ministry unique and what it does for believers. And Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 then summarizes the fact that Yeshua is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And now of the things which we have spoken, this is the summary. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. And so Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood brings salvation to those who will believe on the redemptive work of Messiah. In Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21, but this with an oath by him that says to him, the Lord swore and will not repent, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. We can see how Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood provides or brings salvation to the individual believer. Acts chapter 16 verses 30 and 31 it is written and brought them out and said sir what must we do to be saved and they said believe on the Lord Yeshua Messiah and you will be saved and your house Romans chapter 10 verse 9 it is written that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua and will believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead you will be saved so Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood oversees a better covenant than what was made at Mount Sinai. And in stating in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21 that Yeshua is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, then it says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22, by so much was Yeshua made a surety of a better testament. That is the new covenant. So what primarily makes the new covenant better? Well, the priesthood of the new covenant is the Melchizedek priesthood. And that priesthood is better than the Levitical priesthood because after the sin of the golden calf at Mount Sinai, it was the Levitical priesthood that governed the children of Israel. And so the Melchizedek priesthood is a more excellent ministry than the Levitical priesthood because in the new covenant in Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood, that Torah is written upon our hearts and we're to live out the Torah. We're able to live out the Torah through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 11, it is written, if there Therefore, spiritual maturity or perfection came about through the Levitical priesthood. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek? That is the Messiah in his Melchizedek priesthood and not be called after the order.
order of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, but now has Yeshua obtained a more excellent ministry than the Levitical priesthood. And Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood administers a better covenant, the new covenant, because it's the Torah written upon our heart, and we're given the indwelling Holy Spirit to live out that Torah with better promises. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22, by so much was Yeshua made a surety of a better testament. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. So the Torah wasn't done away with. It's just that the new covenant Melchizedek priesthood of Yeshua is better than Mount Sinai because at Mount Sinai, the Torah was written upon hearts of stone. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the book of Hebrews, Yeshua, our Melchizedek priest. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.